Welcome to the Quarantine Files. Our intro music was suggested by one of our listeners last time, Diana. Um, we have a couple of people, a couple of librarians who weren't here last time, so I'm going to let our two new people introduce themselves. Good morning. My name is Mindy Purcell, and I'm the librarian at Cisco High School. And two interesting things about me, I've run over 20 marathons. I love to run. And I actually opened Frisco High School in 1995. All right, guys, I'm Amanda Butler. I'm the librarian at Heritage High School. And I, I'm not super interesting. I am about to have a baby in like three or four weeks. That's pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, that's it. All right, well, welcome everybody. We have three, six, ten of us here today, um, bringing you all of the best information about fake news and librarian land during this quarantine. So um, the one piece of fake news we all agreed we wanted to talk about came to us from a listener named Amy Fletcher. And what she sent in was um, from a person who calls himself Dr. Dan Lee Dimke, and he was promoting uh, using a hair dryer or a sauna to dry out your nasal passages to cure you or prevent you from getting coronavirus. What does everyone have to say about that one? Sounds like it hurts. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is anybody can call themselves a doctor. So that's one of the reasons that we talk a lot about checking your source and whether or not they're a credible source, just because they say yeah, this guy is actually, yeah, he's a doctor of futurology, oh. which is you know, not a medical doctor. I got that from Snopes. He calls himself a futurologist. So. Oh, I wonder if he also gave himself the doctorate. Um, no, his doctoral degree is in education, oh. <laughs> and, he, and he has, he has wow. a master. Yeah, sorry, ouch. And he has a master's in business, oh. so those, he, none of which oh, qualify him to give medical advice. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, not, not credible. Not the right kind of doctor there. Mm -mm. Not well, for this, anyways. Something that was interesting to me on that, I had to go look up because it said, um, in his video, it said 133 degrees. And I'm like, you're going to blow 133 degrees up your nose. Like, imagine when it's like 100 degrees outside, how much we are like dying here. So I was looking up some of that information to see like how hot a hairdryer can blow hot air. And uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think that common sense um, needs to come into play when you're looking at news too. You know, you, you know what sounds okay and what sounds like, oh my goodness, no. So, you know, trust yourself a little bit with your common sense. Yeah, there was actually a Florida politician. Um, his last name is Culpepper, and he fell for this and actually suggested it in public. No. Um, you know, in the media. And so then he had to later apologize. So before you promote something that comes across your view, you need to do some thinking about it. I don't it. even like saunas. They're too hot. Ugh, I'm trying I to avoid like sweating at all costs. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to sit and sweat just to clear out my nasal passages. Anyways, but that it just will sounds terrible. It I think you. that's also the problem too. Is that we do a they get really excited about content and they don't we don't do a lot of researching. Kind of like what Ashley just mentioned. She had to get online and look and see like what is 130 degrees. Like is that 
I going to fry all the eyebrows off my face? Like, what is that going to look like? Getting a little bit of back, like research before you retweet, repost, share content is going to do a lot. Yeah. Cause not only will you be uninformed and maybe embarrassed, but you might be doing something that's dangerous. A lot of these, the fake news coming out about this particular topic are, we're all, we're all nodding our heads. You can't see us, but we're all nodding our heads. (laughs) Like before you put something in your mouth or up your nose or, you know, any, any kind of a cure that somebody tells you about you, that's super important to check for fake news. All right, so that's Amy Fletcher gets the $20 gift card to Up Inspired. They are are locally owned. They deliver. They have curbside options and an an app right now. One of my favorite things from their restaurant is their bone broth. They have a drinkable bone broth, and it's healthy for you. So That sounds really good. It's Mm -hmm. tasty. So we had some other things. We wanted to you know, we had a big discussion amongst ourselves about exactly what is fake news? What are we going to put in that category? And we specifically decided to stay away from things that are, for example, pending science. There's a lot um, that's pending scientific um, investigations right now. So they're not treatments, but they're being discussed as possible treatments. So that's not really fake news. It's just not ready news. It's news that is coming up. Um, there are also a lot of rumors, and so they weren't necessarily put out there as fake news, but there are rumors that keep being spread by word of mouth. So we were going to talk about some of those things, even though we're kind of on purpose putting them outside of the fake news category. For example, there was the whole bat soup thing. Mm. Who wants to talk about that? Yeah, so... Um... I thought this was interesting because it actually came up in one of the science classes this week um, at one of my schools. So basic at, at my school. So basically, um, I guess the original rumor was in the Sun tabloid, and it said that they had found patient zero, and that patient zero had been eating bat soup, and so they that the coronavirus had originated from a virus in bats that had been used in the soup. And I guess since then, because um, it's been circulated by numerous tabloids, it's been on social media, um, you know, like the game telephone, you hear something and it starts as bat soup, and now it ends up that people think people get coronavirus by directly eating bats. Um, And so um, that's kind of how that came to be. So I'd like to talk to my kids about that telephone game and how something that starts with maybe a kernel of truth, um, like, for example, they had the right area where they think patient zero came from, and they know kind of what their diet consists of. So there's a kernel of truth, but it's very tangentially related to what it ends up becoming, which is eating these like that. So one of, one of the resources that I rely on a lot as an educator and as a librarian is uh, tolerance.org. Uh, those folks are on Twitter um, and they, uh, they, they create some really awesome lesson plans for educators um, around lots of different topics um, regarding, um, you know, racism and, and um, homophobia and xenophobia and all those types of things. Um, and they recently did a whole 
a whole uh, post that has, it's actually a, a, a lesson plan for teachers, and it's, it's called um, Speaking Up Against Racism Around the New Coronavirus. And so they actually published this in February. And they talk a lot about like what we're talking about, what students are hearing and seeing on, you know, social media uh, and being written uh, sometimes even in the news. And one of the things that they talk about is uh, they talk about junk science and they talk about historical context of um of these types of things. And uh, I just want to read one part that they specifically mention um, regarding the uh, regarding the coronavirus in particular. And of course, I've, I've scrolled past it here, but um, a lot of times uh, diseases like this. So members of the AAPI community are targets right now because public health events have always been racialized. Pandemics that originate in areas populated by mostly people of color get more scrutiny, such as SARS in China or Ebola in West Africa. However, when pandemics occur in the United States and other Western countries, such as the novel H1N1, citizens in those countries were not viewed as innately diseased. Many people die yearly from the flu, but Western aren't seen as suspicious. So we want to be really cautious about anti-Chinese sentiment in the U.S. related to this disease um, or any or any others in the future as well. So yeah, and some of these rumors as they get started can can lead to more and more of that. Another category that we wanted to talk about were the pending science things, um, pending investigations like some of the medications um, on the list uh, of study include old medications that used to uh, cure malaria. And although they're studying it, it's not considered safe to go ahead and do that yourself. You don't become part of a scientific experiment by jumping on things that scientists are studying. There's a reason why science takes a long time. And so even though you may be hearing about pending investigations and pending studies, that's not necessarily the go-ahead for a treatment for yourself. I think sometimes people get excited, like we would love for there to be a cure right now, right? We right. would be saving so many, you know, thousands of people. Um, and so sometimes I think people get ahead of the news because they so much want it to be true. Right. There's such a, a an emphasis on the swiftness that uh, we're forgetting that sometimes the, it's the careful science in the end that we need to wait on. Um, there was another rumor circulating and Bill Gates was a part of that. You guys want to, who wants to talk about that rumor? Yeah. So um, Buzzfeed had posted an article about um, basically kind of interpreting fake news and how uh, Julian Lennon, who is the daughter, I believe of, is it John Lennon? I'm not sure. But the, the point being <laughs> is that she, she posted her, she posted content that was religiously charged saying that it was really a correction and a correction type virus and all sorts of, basically they took a quote from Bill Gates um, out of context and applied it to um, COVID and this whole situation. And it got picked up by a couple of major news sources and then took off. So I think it's important to do a little bit of um, we were just discussing how important it is to do a little bit of backstory, a little bit of research, seeing what you're actually going to retweet, repost, put back out there. Um, it's 
kind of our responsibility to make sure we're not taking things out of context and generating, stirring the pot, so to speak, creating hysteria, especially in situations like these. Yeah, even though it's somebody that you know and think you trust, um, that's not good enough at this point to, to right. call something factual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we've. I mean, I'm sure your parents have been sending you guys all sorts of really interesting content lately. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard it from someone I really, yeah. really like. That's right. Your well, grandmother posted um, this on Facebook. One, uh, one site I wanted to mention, too, is that you can actually, FEMA, which is a government website, um, they actually have a place you can go look. This FEMA.gov slash Corona slash, or uh, dash, the Corona dash rumor dash control. So um, the coronavirus rumor control site from FEMA. And it is a good source or, you know, reliable source to go look up some of these rumors. It has some stuff posted, not everything that's circulating, obviously, but they do have some things on there. Um, and it's a good place to go look and just kind of see like what the truth is. And we'll tweet out some of these resources from our uh, Twitter handle, which is, if you're not following us, at Quarantine Files, and we'll be sure to tweet out some of these resources um, so y'all can access them that way as well. Yeah, I just wanted to mention something. I think I, I talked last time in my intro about how um, I'm, I'm really interested in fake news. Maybe I, maybe I didn't, but I've done a lot of research on it, and I just wanted to say that um, one of the things I found was that even trustworthy news sources sometimes get it wrong because there's so much pressure on these news sources to get out the facts as quickly as possible because that's how they make money to be the first to have a story and so their fact checking is sometimes not as good as it needs to be at this point because they're trying to beat that ordinary joe that's tweeting they even are competing against you know the everyday person not just other media outlets so they're trying to go so fast and um statistically even when they do a retraction, a retraction is not reposted as much as the original story. And so it's exponentially greater numbers of reposts for something that was fake news and kind of um, uh, uh, very explosive in nature and got people talking as opposed to their retraction when they're like, oh, we found out that's not actually true. Yeah, excellent points, everyone. Um, all right, so let's switch gears a little bit and start to talk about social media because there are negatives and positives going on with social media right now. Um, on the negative side, there's a lot of scary stuff, a lot of fake news being promoted via social media. Uh, what are some other some of the negative things you're seeing with social media right now? Um, so back to the research that I was talking about, some of my research is on social media and um, the echo chamber effect, which means that we tend to follow on our social media people with like minds. And so therefore we get echoed back to us, whatever our beliefs already are. So yeah, we aren't seeing, I'm sorry, what do you I said, because I'm the smartest person. I want to hear people like me. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's very comfortable. Yeah, it's very comfortable for us to see and hear back what we already believe. It doesn't make us uncomfortable, like having dialogue with someone about something that we don't believe um, and having to have an open mind about it. Um, well, they also yeah. call that having a filter bubble where you're filtering and only getting this bubble of information around um, what you believe. And so that can be a negative about social media that we've kind of created our own world 
just seeing what we are comfortable seeing. I think it was Jennifer, is it Jennifer Lagarde? I think she posted or in her book, Fact Versus Fiction, she talks about how most young people get 70 to 80% of their new information from social That's media. That's a good book, by the way. It is a great book if you guys ever, Fact Versus F- Fiction by Jennifer Lagarde. But she- Shout um, out to her, Jennifer Lagarde. Yeah, um, we they get like 70, 80% of their, their information from their social media platforms. And these social media platforms are designed to give them content and information that they want to see. And the otherwise they're going to stop using it. Right. And if they stop using the social media platforms and these social media platforms, they don't make money. So they're going to continue to feed you the content that you want to see. So it's very, um, it would be intuitive on your part to make sure that you're not falling into um, exactly what uh, Tammy was talking about, Ms. Turner. Well, and all the same things apply to social media and stress as did before. The more you're on it, the more your, your neck is in the wrong position, the, the, your stress level goes up, but yet we're craving it now more than ever because we aren't able to be physically connected to our friends. So we're spending more and more time on a screen um, even our schoolwork is requiring us to be on a screen. Um, so that's kind of a downtime. But at the same time, this is one of the ways we're able to connect. So we're getting some of those needs met. Um, I know the rare disease groups in the world have always been good at connecting with one another. If you have a rare disease, you can find a group via social media and you can share information, you feel less alone. Um, And so the rest of the world is kind of doing that right now. We're all trying to connect based on what our experience is. Um, So there's some really good things going on in that realm. Yeah, um, actually, I was talking about social media. I created, and I think several of us have created Facebook groups with our school, like other coworkers. And I know I'm at Lebanon Trail, And it has been like the greatest thing we, you know, have posted funny memes or just, just different things. We've learned a lot about each other. And I feel like I, in some ways I feel more connected to my coworkers. I learned more about them than working with some of them for the last four years. Well, and for me, I'm also seeing lots of people. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tammy. I was just going to say for me, it's been good seeing their faces. Like I'm a naturally introverted person. So I'm not dealing with quarantine the same way as other people are that are more extroverted probably, but I still crave seeing some of those people. So getting to see my students from Centennial um, when they chat with me about research or seeing some of my teachers has been a really positive thing about social media connection and using Zoom and other platforms right now. Yeah, and I'm seeing lots of people post uplifting stories, um, acts of kindness. Um, Some are happening in the world and aren't being posted. Um, I know my aging parents got a a note on their apartment door from a 30-something single guy who just said, hey, I go to the store every couple days. Please send me your list. Um, I'd like to keep you from having to go out. So just a really, they don't even know him. They'd met once and he saw a need and tried to step up. So I'm seeing things like that on social media that uplifts my mood. Um, I know our, our neighborhood did a chalk your walk where we're supposed to write messages on our uh, front sidewalk. So we all did that. And so when we're walking our dogs or, or being outside, we can still uh, see things from other people. But social media is the way that they got the word out about that event. Our and neighborhood. what are some things you're seeing? Sorry. 
my neighborhood, they posted, I live in McKinney, so Stonebridge Ranch posted something on the social media about putting different things in your window each day for people who take walks. So um, when you go around the neighborhood, it's fun. So like on St. Patty's Day, they had shamrocks out and certain days are certain themes and it's really meant for the kids. It's pretty cute. So yeah, we have Easter eggs right now for our, in our neighborhood. Oh, that's cute. Well, and I think Ashley had an idea, a challenge, a kindness challenge for you. Yeah, um, I thought it would be a really cool idea to just challenge yourself this week to do something kind for someone. Um, And when you do that, you know, I know we don't always want attention for doing that. That's not what what it's about. But we would love to hear your story. So if you do an act of kindness for someone in your neighborhood, a friend, a family, even a stranger, um, please share that with us um, at our Twitter account. So like Nancy Joe mentioned earlier, our Twitter is at Quarantine Files. We would love to hear from you guys. And an act of kindness doesn't necessarily even involve you like leaving your house or coming in contact with other people because we want to continue to emphasize social distancing and, you know, but you can do things like, um, for instance, uh, one of the things I've been doing is I've just been, you know, doing video chats with uh other teachers and people from my own campus just checking in on them. Hey, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, even if it's something small or something that they're like, well, I just don't know how to do this, you know, just reaching out and helping people um, in this new virtual environment that we're all sort of uh, involved in. Yeah, you could um, send e-cards, you can send virtual hugs and flowers, all those things. my daughter's been making handmade crafts and like taking pictures and sending them to her friends and setting them aside so that when she sees them again, they can get them or getting their um, mailing address and sending it to them. So there's lots of different ways you can do this without um, getting in contact with people physically. So we'll say the winner, um, whoever we talk about next time, the act of kindness is going to get a $15 gift card to Amazon. So, so you've got two things to compete. You can do fake news of the week. Um, Send us your fake news, um, your act of kindness, um, two ways to win. Yep. We hope lots of people do the act of kindness too. Yeah. On the act of kindness, anyone that tags us will get put in that drawing. Perfect. Um, They can make a sway video and post it. Yeah. And also send us, if you have questions or problems or things that you want us to talk about on the next podcast, we're always open to that as well. All right. So the book of the week, Maddie was going to talk about the book of the week. Yes. It's the knife of never letting go by Patrick Ness. It is science fiction dystopian, but not a crazy zombie, like nothing that will put you in a nothing that will make you feel uncomfortable right now. Um, and so all the women have disappeared and, um, there is the men can hear each other's thoughts and, um, not right. Yes. yes. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while. Sorry. And, um, a girl from another planet lands and uh, they, uh, the little boy, the main character, I guess he's not a little boy, he's a teenager, um, is like, what, 
I can't hear what you're thinking. She's like, well, stop because I can hear everything that you're thinking. And it's like, oh my gosh, now I know what happened to the women. And uh, it's crazy. And they know we got to leave right now. And it's just an adventure and it's so good and exciting. Um, it, they've made a movie, but something happened before it got released. I don't know what. Um, so it hasn't come out, but they have made it. Yes, it's and it's really, really good. It's, it's available. Yeah, it's a trilogy, and it's available on Overdrive, so you can check it out from home. All right. Anybody have anything else to add this week? All right. Well, here comes the banjo music just for Diane. Uh, Diana. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Sorry. No banjos. Only oh. an intro. Sorry. That'll be that'll be now our new tradition every time. Banjo music only. <laughs> only at the beginning. And maybe next time we could play it a little longer too. I, we I could enjoy the banjo music. <laughs> no. All podcasts. All right. See you Great next week. Right. See Thanks for joining Bye. us. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye.